how wonderful and amazing would it be to have a sense of joy and peace in the midst of an anxious generation. That's what the Hebrews called shalom. Uh, we're going to dig into that a little bit today on the Gary Wilson podcast. Glad you're here with us today. We're continuing our series on, about what it would look like to have a spiritual awakening, a move of God in our generation, and what are really some of the elements of that. We're here with Joshua West. Uh, glad to have you, Joshua. Good to be with you again today. Glad to be with you. How are you Enjoy- feeling? Feeling good, and uh, just have enjoyed discussing um, these elements and and even thinking about you know uh, how this looks in our own lives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's just start with anxiety. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm a moderately anxious person. Or what, are you? I would say no. You, you don't. You don't have much anxiety. Um, I mean, I do, but yeah. I don't. I don't think I. It doesn't like permeate my okay. life. Yeah, you don't lose sleep at night. Um, thinking about stuff. Or? I guess there have been seasons. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess you could attribute that to anxiousness. Yeah. Okay. I think I more have a. Uh, I'm not. I'm not worrying about things when I don't no. sleep. Sometimes my mind just won't shut off. Finances, um, health. There, there have been times. No. There, I think if we're all honest, we probably have had seasons. There's probably yeah. the person who is co- sort of marked by anxiousness. Yeah, and I think all of us have had seasons of yeah. anxiousness. No, that's the human condition. Yeah. So I mean, yes, definitely. Yeah. So I, I just don't think it's, um, you know, when I was younger, it was probably because I was too foolish to be anxious um and then in this point in my life there's you know uh, different seasons you know where you probably aren't trusting god interesting you're saying that that you were too young to be anxious whereas you know from our ministry to the next gen we we see they're just full of anxiety it's a very Uh, commonly used term i mean to the point where i was with some friends of my wife my friend's wife's children the other day great kids um but, you know, just like an eight-year-old saying, oh, that's just my anxiety. Wow. And I was like, you know, I, I don't even know that I knew what that word was when I was eight yeah, years no, old. no, me either. And the, uh, probably the number one medicated um, ailment uh, is, is, would be anxiety in, in children and young adults. Um, you know, in my generation, it was before your time, uh, it was the Cold War. It was... Um, we used to practice this thing where you'd get under the desk because there was an air raid and it might drop <laughs> nuclear bombs on you. It's like, uh, like that's going to help you. Uh, you know, it's, um, so the, you know, then, and, and uh, but now it's like, I think the anxiety is not a cold war or nuclear bombs. I mean, that's still in the mindset. Uh, globally, there's global warming or, or climate change as they call it now. Uh, but probably closer to home would be racism Social justice, riot on the streets, pandemic, political, political upheaval. You know, some people even saying uh, the trajectory we're on is going to lead us to our second civil war in America. The, the the division in morality, worldview, and politics is so so immense. So that's that's you know Gen Z and others are growing up in that culture, and you know no wonder they're they're anxious. <clears throat> they're, there's so in in our desire to say, what would a move of God look like? What what elements would it produce in us? And what kind of Christians can we be to saturate a, an anxious culture with what elements and peace would certainly be? I think I think that would be such a breath of fresh air for our nation, for our generation. I think it would be such a compelling, you know, when we call the gospel good news. Uh, you can have peace, peace with God, yeah, peace with your brothers and sisters, peace with yourself. 
uh, you know, there's there's probably a very rare, rare, a rare entity that would be a stronger, compelling vision of of what God can do for somebody's life. I think it's it's a brilliant, brilliant word. I agree with you. I think you know something came to mind when you were running through the list of reasons people are anxious, but you know, to me, we sort of talked about this in a previous episode, but it's interesting to me that, you know, we have more things than we've ever had. You know, the amount of people, they're still homeless or hungry, but I feel like, you know, we're, we're very affluent. Even people on the streets, there's a lot of ways to avail yourself of food, yeah. you know, if you're willing to go to a program or a soup exactly. kitchen or something. But I feel like it's so interesting as, as we become a more self-focused nation, we became a more anxious nation. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have, uh, I read a, a book one time written by a Jewish author and he said, once we were uh, one nation under God, and then we, you know, so we, we loved and, and sort of worshiped God. And then we became a nation that worshiped our nation. Yeah. And now we're a nation that worships ourself. And I just think it's interesting that in the, the generation of selfies, the generation of going live all the time, reels of yourself, YouTube influencers, uh, and as we're focused in on ourselves, it's just interesting that it seems like this is the most anxious generation, you know, in history, in the West, mm -hmm. at least. Yeah. So Jesus, uh, the gospel, and our ministry, our, our, our generosity to a generation is, is to, to, to be able to give. The Hebrew word that I want to talk about today is shalom, to be able to give shalom uh, to an anxious generation and to see a move of God that would be led by people who have shalom, they understand it, there's the peace of God rules in their heart, and now they're able to offer that graciously to uh, an anxious world that's living in fear and stress and just overwhelmed almost to some degree. Some, you know, some degree lighter, some degree heavier. But the word shalom is it's it's a it's a word for our hour. I mean, it's just a, and I, you know I think as we're talking about a move of God in this generation, I think one of the things that would be marked by is that God is going to produce great peace. Which I, which I think marks this coming awakening maybe a little bit different than some of the ones in the past that were very emotional, uh, like high energy, uh, a lot of groaning at the altar. I think this one might offer more like almost like the some of the videos I saw at Asbury. Just it was very peaceful. They were like a lot of them were sitting there just with their Bible open. There was somebody on a guitar playing in the background. Uh, you know, I, I think that may be just a, a sample of something that God could do in a greater context. Imagine that happening in 10,000 churches around the world. Uh, Definitely. You know, yeah, that would be. And and so this word peace, it's it's in the world, we need to offer it. But I think in the church, we need to offer it too. Shalom. When you come and gather in the corporate gathering, um, what culture, what the Christian culture has offered the world is almost like a another program experience. experience yeah exactly some churches even call that their, their sunday yeah. experience it's not a worship service anymore right yeah and i think that's yeah it's just another thing and it's like and it tends more and more to be hyper energetic uh extremely emotional loud uh blaring lights and so none of those things being loud is not bad the bible talks about right. symbols and loud and Lights God created heaven and earth and light Rejoice, and darkness. Joy, yeah. So in itself, it's not bad, except if you're trying to 
create an ex- emotional experience um, for the benefit of competing with com- what the world's offering. Yeah, or drawing a crowd, competing with the world. It's the very opposite of what I believe, and all with my whole heart that this hour that we're living in needs. It needs to come to a corporate gathering, almost like when you open up, the, you know, uh, Paul's writings. You know, he's always trying to avoid the confusion, the chaos of clamoring voices. You know, you just say, hey, if you're going to speak in tongues, do it one at a time, make sure somebody's interpreting, have two or three speak, and, you know, one be quiet while the other is speaking. He's just bringing order to the world of chaos. And I think sometimes in church, we're bringing more chaos and layering it on top of that so that you attract the world because they're so used to chaos. They come in and go like, hey, this is more chaos. I love it. You know, and they can shout and jump yeah. and dance and, and go crazy. Again, not putting those things down because there's a time and place sure. for that exuberance and that delight. I think it's the about Lord. the intentionality of why we're doing it. Yeah, we're and, trying to stir stir them up. Yeah, um, to compete with the world to catch their attention. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between you know rejoicing in the Lord and yeah. and uh, and having joy and yeah. shalom has joy. That's exactly it has right. excitement. It has freedom. It has. Um, I can picture the yeah the ancient Hebrew women uh, dancing with Shalom, you know, with joy. Um, yes. I think uh, uh, Miriam's song uh, coming out of the Red Sea and the uh, horse and rider thrown into the sea, uh, That's that, that could be very loud and exuberant, but it's it has Shalom to it. This is, we have peace now because we've, our enemies have been defeated and that, that brings, the anxiety is gone. God took care of it for us. Right. And now we're singing a song. So that, you know, but the, the word, why I would say it's a word for the hour is because it means something more than we think it means. I think for me, when I think of peace, uh, and I'd like to ask you what you think of peace too, or what you think general culture thinks when they hear the word peace, I tend to have thought it meant uh, absence of um, conflict. Right. Um, you know, I hate conflict. If, you know, one of the worst things, if I have to bring correction to somebody or, uh, there's somebody's wronged me or I've wronged them and I have to, you know, I have to work it out with them. That I just overwhelms me. It's like a, a division and stuff. So that's anxiety producing for me. And so, um, yeah, but, uh, so I, so I think of Shalom, I think of, oh, good. I'm not, I don't have any worries today. Um, you know, don't worry, be happy. Every little thing is going to be all right. You know, just the, the Bob Marley song. Uh, that, but but it's so much more than that. I don't know where where's your mind go when you think of peace. Well, I, you, you know, probably have a deeper understanding than I do. Yeah, no, I think uh, we're probably the same place. You know, as far as are you asking me what I think it means or what I think culture? Thinks yeah, tell it me means. about culture. Speak to that first. Well, I think I think for us, we the culture is just like in all the trouble that you mentioned—social trouble, political trouble. Um, it's always an external thing. If we could right. end war, if we could end fighting, if we could get our party elected, if we could solve this problem, like you said, the absence of chaos, the absence of conflict, right. the absence of trouble. And then I think there is a, you know, the, they're onto something, the idea of, you know, here, people say inner peace, um, but, it, but it can't be real, you know, these sort of methods of, of you know because real peace doesn't pretend or disacknowledge the things going on around them and obviously we know you know christ is the prince of peace but i I, you know i think i'm quoting j.i packer i could be wrong 
Um, sometimes people quote the same thing so many times you don't remember who That's to right, attribute right. it to, but it's definitely not me. <laughs> but it, you know, one of those men, great men of God said, you know, that um, that peace isn't the absence of chaos; it's the presence of Christ. Yeah. And I think we know that as Christians. Um, but I think w when you vet that out, like, what does that really mean? You know, like, does that mean that I don't have conflict? No, John sixteen thirty three says, in this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And so I think the peace we find is in that second part. You know, like the scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. I think the reason we can't be still, the reason we don't have shalom is because we don't really know God. And if we do, for some reason, we don't know him in this situation right. or we don't know him in this particular avenue of our life. Like we, you know, hey, yeah, God's the God of peace and all that. But man, yeah. that guy stole the election or that guy <laughs> uh -huh. wronged me or or this things are just, you know, going to, you know, heck in a handbasket or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like. I think the very often our prayers are focused on God solving an external situation when the prayer really should be aimed at this peace that passes understanding that is a fruit of the spirit and it, it has something to do with the presence of God. Yeah. And so when we talk about, you know, not to jump past this, but when we talk about revival, um, you know, that's what we're talking about, the presence of God. Yeah. I think, you know, not to promote ourselves but i felt like we felt the presence of god at our last conference mm -hmm. in a way that i personally haven't really experienced in a long yeah. a long time externally manifestly but i feel like in life that peace that that inner peace that we have is knowing that we stand justified before god that he's going to give us our daily bread yeah. that our heaven is our home that god is sovereign and so on and so forth wow. Thank you for watching and listening to the Gary Wilkerson podcast. Josh and I really appreciate the opportunity to minister to you. If you've been blessed by this, encouraged in the Lord, I would love for you to prayerfully consider generously giving to help support this ministry. You can go to worldchallenge.org and you'll find a donate button right there on the homepage. God bless. Thanks. The word we're looking at here, uh, shalom, has such depth to it. Um, it, it, it is the... It is God taking care of our enemies. It is God's presence with us, but but in, a, in, a, in, a, in its, its root meaning, it has something to do uh, similar to when Nehemiah. Um, I heard this in one of the Hebrew studies I was looking at when Nehemiah um, saw the walls torn down. What what he wanted was shalom, and the, mean, the meaning of the word uh, shalom here. I just just looked at this up uh, as much deeper. It's uh, the original word is. Uh, Shalim, and it's found first in the Torah in Exodus 21 and 22. So for two chapters, that word shalom is the first time it's used, it's used 14 times. And what it is, is Moses giving instruction what to do when somebody has harmed you, uh, stolen from you, you know, you're, you're a cow fell in the hole they dug or something like that. Right. It's the, it's the restitution, making things right. Mm. And I, I saw that. I just thought that, that's, that brings such more depth to where shalom to me. That, that this this whole idea of the the kingdom of God making all wrongs right, turning yes. uh, evil upside down on its head, uh, fight, fighting uh, evil with good, you know. And so it's it's much more than a kind of a 
mm, you know, sit by the beach. You know, right. it's it's not uh, it's not a relaxation methodology. It's not ignoring reality. No, no, it's it's in the middle of it. You are, in, you know, and it really is, and it's not something in in the in the Hebrew as I was studying this. It's not as much as something you have, although you have it. In the New Testament that bears out even more. But in the Old Testament, it's something you work towards. We're going to bring shalom to Israel. We're going to bring shalom right. to this wall, and that's that's one of the not not only that one of in Exodus, but um, the, the one of the, one of the things it it, it speaks of as as being. Um, let me just try to find the the right words here. Um, the, to make something whole, uh, or to restore something, to make full restitution. Uh, the overall sense of this is a sense of fullness, completeness of mind, body, and estate. So that you know, it's as I study this, I just thought, this word is so much richer, and not just the word, the whole concept behind it, of um, that that Jesus came to bring shalom to the inner the inner peace that you and I would might be talking about here today, but it goes beyond that. Like we are ambassadors of shalom. We're bringing right. we're bringing shalom every time you opened up your doors of Teen Challenge to a drug addict and brought in. You were restoring him to wholeness. Yes, that, that, that's that's a picture of shalom. That's not just evangelism or soul winning. That's that's God's bigger picture of I, I want a world of shalom. Yes, and, the lion lays with the lamb. Yeah, blessed yeah. are the peacemakers. They will be called sons of God. Yeah, it's, that's exactly right. It's the the Hebrew where there would be, it would be if you want to get it in this context. Blessed are the shalom makers. Yep. So it's not just the shalom havers. Right. It's the it's the makers that you know, and of course. Jesus, first of all, is the greatest peacemaker of all time because he—they call him the Prince. He's the Prince of Shalom. Yes, he's the one who's making all things right. He's the one who's putting the wall back together. I the, think uh, when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, you know, scripture that I've studied a lot and preached on a lot. But you know, when you when you look at the first few beatitudes and the last few beatitudes, you know, the place that we find ourselves where we actually experience peace. Blessed are those who pour in spirit. So we realize that we're bankrupt apart yeah. from God. Blessed are those who mourn. God will comfort us. Those who mourn their sins. Blessed are those who, you know, it doesn't say this, but meekly trust God. Mm -hmm. You know, not the people who are anxious and working and trying, you know, who's going to inherit the earth. Those who put their faith in the person who is going to take the earth as an, as an inheritance. But then, then it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst to be righteous or right with God. The people yeah. who want to be right with God. The promise for us is we will be filled. So we're going to be at peace with God. We're going to be um, be able to live, you know, our life for the glory of God and at peace and be still and know he is God because of what God's done inside of us. But externally, blessed are those who are the peacemakers for they will be sons of God because the son of God brought peace to the world. And I feel like that's the part that, um, that because that sort of, uh, internal peace is something that that we want to share with other people. Yeah. And the only way we can do that is by giving them Christ. But but I think it's hard to do um when maybe you're not at peace yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's a I think that's one of this isn't a criticism against Christianity or or the American church, even though I do have sharp things to say sometimes. But I feel like sometimes we're we're offering them something with our mouths that we don't have in our lives mm -hmm. as a whole. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you guys don't seem like you have a lot of faith in, in that, a lot of yeah. hope in that. 
what are you trying to give it to us for? But when someone really does have that, it's it's different. It you know what different. I mean? I do. Yeah, it's it, it. You know, going back to the thing we talked about, what would a church look like that had shalom uh, and rid itself of the drivenness to you know perform something that draws the masses? That I think that church would look very different. You know, it would be, and and so the people, but the the people exactly as you're saying. The people who lead that congregation have to have that shalom first. They have to have that peace first, in, in order to to spread it to to those that they are called to to be a shalom maker among. You know, yeah. a pastor is meant to make shalom that 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 your children are serving the Lord. You're, 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 what did I say? say no, like I just that? thought of something funny. <laughs> okay. I, don't, I don't want to t- okay. tell you too many anecdotal things, but there was a guy who what, was at Teen Challenge, and he didn't graduate the program. He left. You know, he didn't have any money and really had never been successful in anything in life. And he left and he went through this course. It was a financial advisor course and he wanted to come and pitch it to me. And so not being critical, but it's just kind of funny. It's like, you you don't have any money in savings. (laughs) You don't own a house. You, you know, you were living on our, our kindness and goodness two or three months ago. I'm not being critical. I'm just like, uh, I'm probably not going to call you yeah. to ask, you know, about financial planning or, or maybe the yeah. guy that, you know, uh, beats his kids up. I may not call them for parenting advice. And right. so, yeah, just, I don't know why I just crossed my no, mind. That's a, that's a good, and that illustrates it well that, you know, you have to have it first. Uh, but then we have to be careful too, not to, uh, you know, this, um, the mentality sometimes in 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 the Christian lifestyle is the, the uh, how does it benefit me? So okay, I, we're talking about peace and shalom today. It's like oh yeah, I want that. How do how do I get that? And that's a good thing to desire, and, and you want it, but not to think, you know, not not stop at me, not stop at oh I finally I've been looking for peace my whole life and I have it. That's that's just the starting point, and that now you are one who who helps. Others come to that. You know, you and I both worked at Teen Challenge. Every time we, you know, every time we, with having the internal shalom in us, brought somebody into that, we're bringing them into that, that, this, the kingdom of God that. And the same goes to, for the church, you know, yeah, it's really no different. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's part of, part of the revival. I think that Holy Spirit wants to bring has this, this, this content to it to, to, to reorder. And, and when you think about that, it makes peace uh, so much more than just the absence of anxiety or stress or, or chaos or even war. It makes it engagement in culture and in society where, uh, as a man who's full of peace, I, I am bringing that peace to to the world around me, whether it be healing, reconciliation of marriages, uh, children who are lost and hurting. It's just, you know, it just opens up a whole other world. I, I, I th- I'm seeing shalom and peace tied much more into evangelism than I ever realized before. Oh yeah, and, and revival and spiritual awakening that these these are conditions of it. Yeah, I think uh, I, I wrote down this Elizabeth Elliot quote. I think it's pretty uh, pretty practical. It says, "Fear arises when we imagine everything depends on us." Mm-hmm. And and I think I think in any sort of setting, it really is. We're not still because we don't know that he's God of yeah. this situation. We don't know that he's God of our life. And and we and, and that's why we're anxious, you know, that's why Jesus mm-hmm. is be anxious for nothing. Right. right? And I and I think coming from him, you know, he 
all scriptures God breathed and inspired, but there's certain things that you're glad that that the Savior spoke, you know, because sure. because he's not he's telling you who he is. Don't be anxious for anything. And he, he goes on and explains why. But I, I just feel like that. And, and here's the, the biggest thing I think that really is the symptom of young people today. It's not even just being anxious over reality, because there are things in reality that are that and the natural man would be anxious over. It's really just being in a state of anxiousness mm -hmm. about all things. I mean, I yeah. I know many young people in this condition. They're they're so anxious and they don't even know why. I think they're completely disconnected from even the the resemblance of the fact that there could be a God who knows all, who controls all, who 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 has the world in his hands, like yeah. the old children's song says. Mm -hmm. But I think in a in a in a positive way, when you talk about revival, I also think that that sometimes they're gonna be easier to reach because when they meet that God, mm -hmm. they're not gonna put him put put him through the filter of their their church tradition of their um the way they grew up and their denomination the sort of church and these things that you learn to say mm -hmm. if you grew up yeah. around it you don't really believe it but you're blessed and highly favored and exactly. god's the god of answers and miracles yeah. and but you know you could i know people who would say that at church and would it doesn't reflect anything in their life mm -hmm. so i think that these sort of this young group of people who are hunger for honesty their hunger for genuineness they're hungry for something outside of themselves i feel like that anxiousness for them could be the catalyst yeah. to be brought in to a peace the world can't give them and if they really have it a, a peace that this world could never take away yeah. wow and that's something I think that anybody listening to us today, you're going to want. You're going to want this this peace, this shalom. Um, you're going to want it in in in, in these two uh, facets that we've talked about today. One is the inner peace that Christ brings, when uh, and that includes peace with God, peace with others, and then the peace that is extended. You are become a shalom maker. You're extended. So those are two powerful elements of uh, we believe will be part of uh, of an awakening of what God's doing in America and around the world today. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, next week, we'll be back, uh, next episode back, talking about being simple, living simply in an overwhelmingly complex society. Uh, just uh, And that, that, that I would say that ties in with the one we're talking about today uh, because uh, when you're an anxious generation, you, everything becomes stressful, overwhelmingly complexity, and God is looking to make things pure and clean and simple and uh, his burden being light. So we're going to go into that next episode. But thanks for joining us this one. Joshua, thank you. Good talking with you again. Glad to be here. If you're enjoying the podcast but want to dig deeper, both Gary and Joshua have books that you can buy right now on our online store. Go to worldchallenge.org and click on the store tab at the top of the page. There you'll find books written by David Wilkerson, Gary Wilkerson, Joshua West, and others as well. Check it out today. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to do two things. First, share this with someone else. Second, click on the subscribe or follow button on whatever app you're using to listen to the show. That way you get notified when we release a new episode. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you next time.